Man, this is Deion Dawkins, man, and you're listening to The Scoop on OwlScoop.com. You already should know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Scoop, OwlScoop.com's podcast, season eight, episode 53. I'm John DiCarlo, OwlScoop.com's editor. Rymir Vaughn's with me today. I think this is going to be numerically probably the last episode of season eight and we'll uh flip it over season nine next week got an interview with jordan mcgee and Vandy rigby his fellow linebacker and roommate um you'll hear from those guys here on the scoop as we're now less than a week away from temple's first preseason camp practice next wednesday we got some mailbag questions for you some basketball recruiting updates as well a lot of good stuff ahead as always, the scoop is brought to you by Greenspan and Greenspan Injury Lawyers. If you have been injured while on the road or the highway and the crash was someone else's fault, the insurance company is not going to be on your side. You need us, Temple Law grads, who will fight hard to get the compensation that you deserve. We only get paid if we win. So in Pennsylvania or New York, call us today at 215-261-7359. It's 215-261-7359. And you can find them on the web at greenspans-law. Dot com. That's greenspans-law.com. Rymir, since we yeah. last recorded, somebody had a birthday, did they not? Yes. Yes, I did. Turned 23. Happy belated birthday, buddy. Thank you. It, it was it was it was fun. My friends got me a cake. And it's go. the first time I've ever been like surprised with a cake because usually I'm the person getting the cake. But it felt it felt really nice to be on the receiving end for once. There you go. How many different people have said to you, happy Jordan year? Is this your Jordan year? Or do people not say that? Anymore? None. Nobody. Nobody has said. I'm the first person year. to say it? Yes. <laughs> no. Said, everyone has just been like, happy birthday. Like, no one's been, it's your Jordan year. It's your, it's your LeBron year. Some. Nobody, nobody's made mm. a close reference to me, which is, I find, ridiculous. But It's ridiculous. Yeah. What else? Did you do anything fun? Any Any fun plans? I was in New York two days before my birthday. It was okay. Crazy. We spent the hotel was actually in Connecticut. So I had to drive past New York to mm-hmm. stay at the hotel. And when we wanted to go out in New York, we had to drive an hour mm-hmm. to New York. But oh. it was it was cheap. So that's mm-hmm. all I can really say. Did did Javon, Declan, Johnny, has anybody gotten you a gift or no? Yes. Vaughn actually is taking me to an Orioles game. There we go. Sunday. We will, me and Declan will be heading down there to watch them play. I think they play the Yankees Sunday. I think so. Yeah. Vaughn is true nice. to a, a Orioles baseball game. There we go. That's good stuff. What do you have for famous number 53s? I've got, I told you before we started recording, I'm, I'm, my brain's kind of fried. I'm going to try not to Google stuff. I've got one. I think I have maybe two in my mind, but I'm, I'm obviously there are a lot. So what, what do you have? The first person that came to my mind was um, Navarro Bowman. Oh, that's good. San Francisco linebacker. He had that nasty leg injury. Was it in the was it the NFC championship game? It was it was one of them. It was I big think game. so. But yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that injury. It was really, really like it, I couldn't watch it. <laughs> like dangling bad, right? Yeah, I could not watch it at all. Oh. He's the only person I could think of, though. I know there's some evil. Oh, um, Nigel Bradham. He wore 53. Um, on the Eagle Super Bowl team, 
thought of Nigel Bradham before Hugh Douglas. Oh, listen, I I didn't really get the chance to watch Hugh Douglas. Remember that time you called me old? John, you can watch. <laughs> I Hugh. I mean, this is gonna make me sound old too. I remember Bill Romanowski from the from the 49ers. I got nothing on baseball. I got I nothing on I got nothing on NBA. Yeah, I just think I don't know who's wearing 53 for the Eagles now. I don't even know. Sean, I know Sean Bradley. If we did, if we if we did episode 54 next week just specifically to get sean bradley mentioned in there we could say it's the sean bradley episode but i can't who wears 53 it's um it's a special teamer christian ellis i think i think he wears 53 okay all right so we're a little short on 53s declan would get us some sort of nascar guy if he was if he was here so javon would have somebody's nba all-star jersey if he was sitting with us Chris Ellis is 53. Okay, that's good. Good good Eagles knowledge by you. At the outset of the show, like I said, I promised you guys this interview with Jordan McGee and Yvonne Rigby. Today, Jordan McGee, of course, a single-digit guy. Vandy Rigby, of course, coming off a, a career-best season, really turned the corner last year and, and was really solid part of a Temple defense that, like under a DJ Elliott scheme, was really aggressive, pretty good defense. Vandy had 82 tackles, five and a half tackles for a loss and two sacks last year. So uh, two pretty good players to talk to with preseason camp right around the corner. So a lot of good stuff here, a lot of cool anecdotal stuff that they shared with us. So we will play this interview for you now and have more for you on the other side of it. We're very excited to have Jordan McGee and Vandy Rigby with us on the scoop this week. Guys, thanks for doing this. How you doing? I'm good, man. Can't complain. I'm doing real good, man. Excited to be here. Obviously, I, I would imagine that you get excited around this time of the year, but is there anything where it's like, woof? It, it it feels like we just ended the season yesterday. Obviously, there are off season workouts and all this stuff, but just with the physical toll and everything, do you guys do you guys ever feel like you're completely ready, or is there ever a part of you that's like, eh, I could have used one or two more weeks of summer here to just get some rest? Um, I feel like Coach Dre and, and the strength staff have been doing a great job um, giving us the rest we need and the the, um, the right amount of workload to be successful throughout the season. Um, so I, it's, it's really never a feeling of like, all right, let me get one more two, one or two more weeks. It's really like, yeah, I'm ready. Like, I'm ready for the season to come and I'm ready for fall camp that's around the corner. And how you about know, you? You know, just to elaborate on what Jordan said, you know, I feel like the strength gap has given us a good amount of time, you know, to rest and the schedule that we're working towards and all around, you know, we fit into the, it has been a really good dynamic for us as a team. So I think, you know, Drayton has come up with a really good plan and we just waiting to execute it this season. Jordan, I wanted to ask you this. I mean, a lot of what, and you were down at, at media day this week uh, yeah. down in Texas. And then, you know, Stan Drayton was talking this week. He, a lot of the focus was about, you know, 50 some new players that, that you guys have brought into the program. Now in terms of single digit guys, as of now, and obviously there'll be more, it's you and Jalen as the two single digit guys on the team. And it's not to say that you guys don't have other leaders on the team. You're of course sitting next to one right now, but you know, some of those guys have obviously in terms of the new guys, they've had the chance to go through spring ball, and yeah. stuff like that but that's still it's still a lot of turnover and you, you were once in their shoes you know, what's going through their minds right now in terms of as they start preparing for their first week at camp you've been there before you guys have been there before what's going through their mind right now um you know it's probably some nerves running through uh running through their mind but at the end of the day you've been playing football your whole life so it's something that 
you should feel comfortable with going in there. Um, the main thing really is learning the playbook. Once you learn the playbook, you can let your athletic ability speak for itself. Um, but that's all I have to say about that. Uh, maybe Yvonne can speak on that some more. Yeah, I mean, just to elaborate on what Jordan have said, you know, I mean, coming in as a freshman, you know, every freshman thinks that they're the guy because they're coming from their school and they're the guy, you know, and then you come to college and it's a wake-up call. You know, you have other guys that have been performing for X amount of years, you know, so you have to acquiesce to that and also adjust to that as well, you know, take the strength uh, program really serious. If you want to play early, if you also want to be a big factor to the team, special teams are very important, you know, that plays a big role when you want to go through the league. So, you know, we try to, Coach Jane do a really good job of uh, implementing that into the program and showing these younger cats that like, hey, when you come here, you have to respect the elder and also you have to come and work. So mm -hmm. I think the younger guys have been really working really hard. You know, spring, like you said, you know, it's not football at its hold, but I feel like they did a really good job of, you know, executing what they got to do. Jordan, in your position, I mean, obviously the, the single digit tradition has been around for a long time and every coach has kind of put their own emphasis on it. And, and Stan talks a lot about just how much is asked of you guys. Now, I've always wondered about this because you're you're one of, I think there are like 103 total players on the roster between the scholarship guys and the walk-ons. And I know you're going into your fifth season. And again, like, like we said, you know, a fair amount of guys on the roster, but because of what's asked of you as a single digit guy, I know you guys do off season stuff and team bonding, but do you actually find yourself like literally like studying the roster sometimes and matching names and faces and looking at their bios and saying, Hey, I want to make sure I can connect with this guy on this or that, because a lot of people, come to you and you guys wear names on your helmets for a reason i'm sure it's not like 13 guys on a basketball roster do you literally have to like study the roster as a single digit guy to make sure that you're not caught off guard and you can connect with guys <laughs> it's funny you say that because uh, i actually have like a i think of myself having like a photographic memory so i can put a name to a face easily so i, I really know I, yeah i know i really know everybody on the team um ever since ever since uh the early enrollees came in in the spring uh, up to now with the new freshmen coming in from their high schools after graduating and stuff. So I just feel like, um, yeah, I, I really I really have a photographic memory and I can really remember all the guys' names and stuff like that. You know, but what Coach Dritton uh, wants me to do is just become a leader, you know, make sure the guys are bonding together because the, without, cause, uh, without family and trust, you know, how you could go out there and go to war for your brothers. So just just simple things like that will go a long way. Yvonne, you had a good season last year. Second leading tackler, had five and a half um, TFLs, a couple sacks. Kind of like a breakout year for you. Yeah. What went right for you last year, and where can you get better this year? What went right for me last year is that I, you know, I was taking it all in at this moment. I noticed that, my, you know, my team needed me. And I had to step up, so I couldn't let them down. So I had to go learn my playbook, you know, get in the playbook, get with the coach, watch extra film, you know, with Jordan, you know, just doing what is the little things, you know, little things matter, and they would lead up to the big things. So I feel like I take it step at a time, and you know, my time was to shine, and I execute. But as far as what I need to get better in for this year, you know, like I said, just there's never too much like hard work is always you know necessary so you gotta you know, study the playbook you know go really hard into it you know sudden things into our plays but nothing dramatic so we just gotta study that and be sharp so next year we can just really play at a really high level as a defense you mentioned the playbook and either one of you guys can answer this you lost dj elliott to the eagles this year ever withers comes back as defensive coordinator i know you can't really give away 
anything in the playbook. Yeah, yeah. But has things changed or has things really stayed the same? Like, does different terminology change? Where you're supposed to line up the way he teaches? Has things like that changed? Um, I would say uh, nothing really has changed. Probably a little bit of terminology, adding a couple new calls, but it's really the same same base defense that we had with DJ Elliott. And, you know, he he bring a great defense in, and we're just gonna continue to run run that and just switch up a couple of terminologies and calls and stuff like that. You guys also led the conference in sacks. You had 38 sacks last year. Um, you were ninth in the country in sacks per game. Yep. Obviously, is exciting, aggressive scheme. Yep, yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. It's it's focused on getting it's uh focused on getting to the quarterback fast, having the quarterback make fast decisions, and when the quarterback makes fast decisions, you know they're getting in their head sometimes, and we have the playmakers on defense to be able to run this type of defense. So you know, uh, Yvonne Rigby, uh, Leighton Jordan, uh, Trey Thomas was injured. Um, we got Taiwan Taiwan Francis coming in from Colorado State. You know that's a, he's a that's gonna be a big piece in the out position. You know um, Elijah Darabell playing safety, Alex Odom playing safety. Yep. We got a lot of playmakers back there, and I feel like it's gonna be a great season. Would you call that your identity as far as you know being aggressive and attacking? Yeah, definitely. You know it's Temple Tough. You know Temple Tough defense. Man. We want to get after the quarterback. We want to we want to make him have a bad day, and it's gonna affect the team affect his team. I know you guys had a lot of departures in the front seven. Darian Varner left. Um, Zach Gill graduated. Kobe yeah. Wilson also transferred. Yeah. In the front seven specifically, is there anyone who didn't play a lot last year that you think can make a big impact this season? Definitely Trey Thomas. You know, he had got hurt during the Memphis game. You know, he's outside linebacker. You know, he brought a lot of production before he got injured, and I feel like this really about to be a breakout year for him as well. And we also got a new uh, transfer from Florida, Dewan Black. You know, mm-hmm. pretty promising uh, doing uh, spring practices on doing practice uh, period. You know, so really excited to have him into our puzzles. When when you guys get transfers in, I mean, like obviously a lot of people know about Temple. I mean, I I don't I haven't double checked the numbers, but it's typically you guys are the program that has that like out of all the group of five schools, the most guys or second most guys in the league so but when you get like a Dewan Black comes in a couple of guys from Florida coming in and they come in from the SEC is the respect already there or are they sometimes pleasantly surprised by what they see with the campus and the program and and the way you guys do things yeah uh that's that's what uh, that's one thing coach Drayton does you know he he doesn't sugarcoat anything you know you're walking into Temple University uh it's in the middle of North Philly you know it's gonna be hard it's gonna be rough but at the end of the day, you got to come in and work and you got to earn the respect of the guys that's already been there. So we got a, a few mailbag questions for you guys. The screen name here is Hoots a lot. And this question is for you, Jordan. If if this applies, how do you anticipate your role changing under a new defensive coordinator? And do you feel positioned within the new or altered scheme to have similar success compared to last season? I know you guys just talked about this base defense, pretty, pretty much the same, but yeah, with Everett, does he do anything like slightly differently? Again, I, I have a lot of respect for DJ. I thought he was a really good defensive coordinator. Obviously, goes on in the NFL, but are there any slight changes that Everett brings where you say, "Hey, that might open up another part of my game"? Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, having certain uh, blitz packages and things like that to cater to certain people will definitely uh, help help me or help other people show showcase their skills that they have to offer. So you know, uh, just. I don't believe it's it's too much that's changing, but just just some just some base calls and base terminology. 
What, what about you, Vandy? Like you again, you, last year you had a really good season really started to emerge. I'll, I'll kind of adopt this for you again. And for both of you guys, you can answer this. When you hear the DJ's leaving, I know a lot of guys have said, Hey, we're happy for him. You know, he's going to work for the, you know, the defending right. NFC champions he's heading down broad street. We're happy for him, but that's still your defensive coordinator who who's leaving for, for you specifically. What, what were you thinking at the time? Were you thinking like, man, I just had a really good season under this guy and now he's leaving. Or did you guys know pretty quickly after that, that Everett was coming in, there'd be some stability. No, nah, absolutely. We know because with is going to come, he's going to uh, come with a really good game plan as far as like putting everybody in the right position. We, like Jordan said, we, didn't, we really didn't change as much. You know, just basic terminologies and, you know, but football is still football. You know, I mean, as far as DJ Elliott, we're extremely happy for him as an organization. And, you know, he really helping, I mean, helpful towards us. You know, he put us in the right position. You know, we executed and played fast under his defense. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're just looking forward to, you know, shining a coach uh, with us in this defense. Next mailbag question here comes from the screen name Temple Fan Al. I'm sure you guys will get this one a lot at Media Day next week. It's the it's the classic preseason poll question. So you guys know you're picked tenth in the in the preseason media poll. So the question here is: Do the players pay any attention to the preseason rankings? And if so, does it add fuel to the fire? Oh yeah, we definitely pay attention to it. You know, we we seen it. Uh... Uh, I was the first one to see it. Me and EJ, uh, EJ Warner was the first one to see it. And me and EJ was talking. We was like, um, yeah, you know, you know, people got their opinions uh, of what of what they think of us. But at the end of the day, we know what we do inside of EO. We know what we got inside of EO. And that's all that matters, you know. Once we, if we play for each other, you know, I, I think we're unstoppable. You know, and just to add on to that, you know, like I said, I mean, like uh, Coach Drayton said, you know, family. And that's one thing that we all ride for. You know, we don't really pay attention to the media as far as like where we're ranked. You know, just put the football down. Let's play ball. Vandy, this one's for you. The screen name is Sonny Al. What's the biggest change people can expect to see in your game this season? Uh, biggest change, you know, I've been watching a lot of film, taking my time to really uh, perfect my pass drops and all, et cetera. So expect a lot of inceptions and a lot of pass breakup. Jordan, I wanted to ask you this too. And obviously you have still like a whole season of football ahead of you, but I don't know if this is something you do like when it's all over, but like, do you reflect at all? Cause I mean, you're, you're like so many of the good temple players who came through this program. I mean, it kind of applies to both of you guys. You guys were both, I mean, you were recruited, but you didn't have five-star rankings. You didn't have a ton of high major offers. I think you had what, like Dell state and Morgan state, right? Dell state, and, Morgan state, yep. Yeah, and then, like, I think, in my humble opinion, I think guys in Delaware get overlooked sometimes, too. And you played quarterback and safety. You also play basketball. And so here you are now. You're a very good linebacker coming into, you know, coming off your best season. You probably have a chance to potentially play at the at the next level. When you look back to when you first came to Temple, did you – I know everybody wants to do well, but did you see football taking you this far or were you kind of just coming in saying like, all right, I'm just going to see what happens here? Or did you did you kind of know you'd have a chance to be this good? Uh, yeah, I definitely knew I had a chance to be this good. You know, uh, at the end of the day, I'm playing football. It's something I love to do. Uh, so, you I mean, when I stop having fun, with, that's when I'm going to stop playing football. But, I, like, right now I can I continue to love football. I'm going to continue to play football until the ball stops, until I can't run no more, you know. But – yeah, other than that, I would say um, it's definitely gonna be definitely gonna be a good season. 
Betty, I, want, I wanted to ask you, you have a really cool story, and maybe not everybody knows about this. You were born in Turks and Caicos, and you had only played football for a couple of years before you committed to Temple. And in my newspaper days, I covered the Cape Atlantic League, so I know you played down at Egg Arbor Township in South Jersey, then you prepped at Milford for a year. But again, you've, you've, you've turned this into a pretty good college career for yourself, and you still have time ahead of you. Tell us your story. Like, When did you come to the States, and, and how did you get introduced to football? Yeah, I mean, it was it was really it was it's a funny story. Story. So I come to the I came to America eight years ago. I'd say 2014, roughly. Um, enrolled in Atlantic City. Went there for I would say a semester. I mean, and then while I was in my guidance counselor office, because I didn't know much, you know, I'm still adjusting to the culture. Um, the starting quarterback of that team walked in there and he saw me. He saw, oh, okay, this kid have decent size, you know. Let me check mm-hmm. him out. He was talking to me and he was like, yeah, you should come try out for the team. I'm like, I, I never had, I don't have no football background. You know, I haven't played football in my life. He's like, no, nah, you're a pretty decent kid, uh, size. You know, you should come try it out. So, you know, me, you know, wanting to try out new things, you know, first time in America. So actually, you know, going, I went to the head coach and I applied for the team. And he's like, yeah, just come out for practice. You'll be on freshman team and, you know, just come out these days and, you know, just show us what you got. So came out, I like, didn't know how to catch a football. So the first football stone at me, it hit me right in the face. <laughs> I didn't know how to catch it. So, you know, so I hopped on YouTube and I'm like, yeah, I got I to gotta get right. I got to learn how to play this game if I really want to the next level. Because when I set my mind on something, I, I feel like I got to perfect it. So, you know, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos after school. Like when we were just weightlifting. You know, when it was off season, I was just going to field and just practice and practice and practice. I, at the moment, I was playing wide receiver and DB. I wanted to perfect that skill. So, you know, over time, you know, just continue practicing, practicing. And I transferred to Egg Harbor Township, my mm-hmm. year. And then I was introduced to Kevin Stetzer. That's who I currently live with right now. And, you know, he took me under my wing. He also saw potential into me. And he would, you know, and that's when we went on the football journey. So I actually started, I played football my so my sophomore year, but I didn't, I couldn't play for real because of my religion, Seven Day Adventist. I had, that was a whole, you know, orchestra, but I had to go to the pastor, get a blessing. And then that's when I actually started playing my junior year. For real, I took football serious my junior year, but I was perfecting my craft that, that entire season, that entire time I couldn't play football in my sophomore year. So my junior year I played and my senior year. And then I also went to Milford, like you said, and then I finally committed to Temple and we've been here ever since. That's incredible, man. That's really cool. Did I mean like all those a lot of those programs in the Cape or rivals? Did the did you ever get feedback from the staff at Atlantic City and saying like, man, I wish we would have, wish we would have kept you around, wish we would have tried to convince you to stay? I still, uh, Coach Dink, uh, we still stay in contact. He's a really good friend of mine. Um, now he always tell me like, damn man, we missed you, man, and we should have kept you. Uh, we still stay in contact. They're pretty good guys, and they have a pretty good cool program going already. When did you start to realize, hey, I could be pretty good? Maybe like you play that post-grad year at Milford, you know, that's like gearing up for college, but maybe like at any of your days at EHT, was there like a game or a practice or even like a piece of feedback that you got from a coach? Not long ago, I was the guy who had the football hit me in the face and now I could be a D1 player. When did it, when did it dawn on you that like you could be pretty good at this? I would say it dawned on me my junior year. I was playing Isaiah Pacheco. And- Vineland. Yeah, fine. Yeah. He broke a pretty big run. You know, he's a good running back. He broke mm-hmm. And I hawked him from, I would say, 15 yards apart. I caught him, man. Wow. And I, and I saw it on film. And it looked pretty, you know, uh, it looked really nice. So 
And then I'm like, yeah, I can take this to the next level because he was also a next level guy too. You watch him on TV now when he's yeah. with the Chiefs and say, I can chase that guy down. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. For either one of you guys, is there a redshirt freshman on either side of the ball who has stood out to you guys at all? I think. Uh, you know, a uh, couple of refer- redshirt freshmen. Uh, definitely two that stick out to me is uh, our linebackers, London. Our two redshirt linebackers, London and uh, Corey. They're under our ring right now, so, you know, they're learning. They're learning. They're learning everything uh, about the position, you know, just honing in on their skills. But I really feel like when it's their time to when it, when their time comes, you know, I feel like they're gonna make a big impact here, and they're gonna leave being better than us. You know, and just to elaborate on that, I have three guys: Sam Martin, and also two guys he also mentioned. You know, Corey and uh, London. You know, these guys, these three guys, I feel like they've been doing a really good job of hitting the playbook. Mm-hmm. You know, been perfecting their craft. You know, getting with their coaches and really been getting with us too. You know, just you know, to pick our brains to say, hey, what do you see? What do you dish? You know, like. You know, just perfecting their craft overall. So I'm very excited to see them guys play next year. I wanted to ask both of you guys about about EJ Warner. Jordan, you were just with him down at Media Day, and he just seems like a different kind of dude. Like he is not – he definitely doesn't seem to be – you know, when he comes to Temple, people are like, oh, that's Kurt Warner's kid. But it, he doesn't bring it up. Like it's like if you ask him a question – He'll talk about his dad, but he doesn't walk around like name dropping him. And even like sometimes I see him on campus and he doesn't, he looks like he's all business. He's walking around. He doesn't look for crowds. And we always hear like he's in the building. He's in the building constantly watching film. We saw he can play last year. Gives you guys a lot of hope at that position. What's he like? off the field because he just everybody just says he's a film rat he's in there constantly but what what is he like so it's actually funny i was just with him at the aac media day you know mm-hmm. uh, i had the room with him so uh this is really my first time hanging out with ej like just us two it was, it was good talking to him you know i'm i'm learning about his life story and stuff like that it, it, was, it was really great he definitely doesn't talk about his like he talks about his dad but he doesn't talk about his dad like oh yeah Kurt, what am my dad he just talks about, like, if he's asked a question about him, he'll answer it. Like, he had a question at the uh, AAC media today. He was like, how's it uh, on ESPN? He was like, how's it um, being the son of a NFL, Hall of Fame NFL quarterback? You know, he's like, yeah, it's great. You know, uh, having, to, having to grow up with him for, like, 19 for nineteen years and him teaching me everything that he knows about the game is just going to rub off on me. So, He's a he's a, uh, a character. He's definitely a character outside of football, but he's definitely he's definitely a film rat. Like he's in EO literally from from whenever he has to live till eight, nine, ten at night. Literally watching film. He'll watch film for seven hours. I kid you not. Like I literally oh. walked I walked in on him watching film just in front of his screen, just just looking at it, just just getting reads. Just uh, and he and he scouts his opponents. Like weeks in advance, like he's probably have already have like a, a game plan for every team in his mind. So that that that's what's that's that's definitely what separates him from other QBs in the league and around the around the conference. And for for both of you guys, obviously, like you know, Dewan now Dewan's transitioned over to, to wide receiver, and he's really putting a lot of energy into it. When Stan and and Danny made the switch to EJ, I mean, obviously, you guys you guys practice with him. You're in the same program, but. Did you guys know he could come in and make an instant impact like that? Did you, or was it just one of those things you kind of had to see it to believe it once he got on the field? Um, definitely. So Dewan was getting the first team reps, of course, during mm-hmm. uh, fall during fall camp, 
but e, but EJ was EJ was the number two quarterback, and we and we always would say like, yeah, EJ EJ got an arm, EJ EJ throwing it like, like, like he he's he's really like one of them guys. So it wasn't a surprise when he when he finally got his uh, chance to start, and he and he did his thing, and it, he ended up getting for first uh, first team freshman All American, um, and and I could testify like that that's he deserves it because he puts in the work. You know, and just to add on to that, you know, DeJuan, he's also a pretty heartbreaking quarterback. Uh, he pretty he took this crap pretty seriously, you know. But EJ came in, you know, he was relaxed, more poised uh, in certain pressure and situations, you know. So we felt like he was the best. Uh, Coach Raiden and the staff thought he was the best uh, choice to go with. And he came in and he played really good. And he went freshman All-American, like Jordan said. Jordan, obviously, you're a single digit. You got the six around your neck right now. I want to hear from you. What does it really mean, and what does it take to be a single digit? What does it mean to me? Uh, it means to basically up, uh, uphold this university uh, to its to its greatest honor. You know um, what it means to me. I would say, you know, it it is is definitely like surreal when you look back on it. You know, I was fifty one at first, twenty three, then six. Um, it, it's been a journey since since getting single digit. You know. Um, but it, it's definitely surreal to have guys that ha to have your peers look up to you as a leader, as as uh, as a mentor, as as somebody they can come talk to either about film, about life, just just uh, holding holding the legacy of the single digits, the past single digits, you know, uh, Sean Bradley, Chappelle Russell, guys like that, Sam Franklin, you know, I, I talk to them frequently. And, and we have conversations about how how this is your team. You should you should take control of this team. Uh, this is the year for y'all. Things like that. And I really feel like um, I'm really appreciative of the fact that they look at me like that. My peers, um, Coach Drayton, all the guys, and I'm very I'm very excited for the season to come up. Is there anyone who you think has turned that corner into that single digit conversation? Oh yeah, it's definitely a lot of guys. Um, Edward Sadie, of course. Um, EJ Warner. EJ Warner is probably probably the biggest name, people, because he he's definitely made a jump from from his freshman year to now. Like you, he's taking he's taking control over the offense. Like he's he's having meetings with the offense every day, every day, and I feel like uh, that's really good payoff for him. Um, Vonnie Rigby, great guy, does everything right, uh, football wise. DMR, of course. Yeah, so it's a couple of guys that, that should be on the lookout for the single digit. So I wanted to ask you guys about Ed. Now, you guys are all three of you are roommates, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know him on the field and off the field. He had that great game against USF last year. And you guys struggled to run the ball. And that's not just on the backs, it's on everybody, it's on the line. And you know, he's coming back and he's still experienced. And I wanted to ask you guys about what you've seen from him and and also how he's responded to, you know, additional competition in that room. You guys have a couple of really good freshman backs coming in. I know you guys are excited about Kyle Williams. We saw what he could do in the spring. Jaquest Smith, EJ Wilson, transfer. What have you guys seen from Ed? And you know what he's capable of. How do you think he's going to do this year? And how do you think he's responded to the, the added competition in the room? What I, well, me personally, what I think Eddie's been doing, he's been doing a really good job of, you know, perfecting his scrap as far as going to the field, you know, going through his progressions, his steps, because, you know, his muscle memory, you got to build when you're playing running back and then let your instincts uh, go wild when, they, when you hit the secondary. You know, he's been doing a really good job of competing, you know, 
obviously, like you said, there's really been uh, really good running backs like Kyle, you know, EJ Warner. Those guys are really good additions to the running back room. Um, so, but I really think Eddie's been really good at like going to watch film, you know, even asking us as linebackers, like, hey, what do you see here? Like, uh, if I go here, like, what are you going to do with your initial moves, you know, like with your initial read? You know, just picking our greens, and I feel like he's been really taking advantage of that, of us being his roommate, you know. So I'm just really excited for him for next year, and I really think he's going to excel in his game. He's going to take it really far as well. Yeah. We're counting on that. Who's the funniest of the three in terms of you guys as roommates? Who's the, the is there like a, <laughs> a you? I'm going to take that one. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's probably about the you probably the funniest. What's the dynamic like when you guys get to live with each other and relate to each other, hold each other accountable? If someone's having a good day, a bad day, you guys go home knowing that you have your friends around you. What's that dynamic like for, I mean, people, Temple fans know who you are, but as roommates, what's the dynamic like for you guys? It sounds like you guys, obviously you're smiling. It sounds like you guys get together and get along pretty well. Nah, these guys are my brother, man. I mean, they've met my family personally. You know, we go to each other's houses, you know, we've dinner with each other's family. These guys, I consider my brother, man. Yeah. You know, on and off the field, we hold each other accountable, you know, but it's extremely competitive. Yeah. We compete yeah. everything. Everything. Uno, Uno everything. Basketball. basketball. Uno. Yeah, yeah, you guys can't play soccer, but we're dribbling a soccer ball so we can do it better, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't feel so old anymore. I didn't think people still played Uno. That's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're, 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 we're now. We still think. We know, so, yeah. you know, these guys, man, they're like family to me, man. Yeah, so. same, same. Piggybacking on what Vani said, you know, it's extremely competitive in here. But I knew these guys ever since I came in, and, he, and these are my brothers, and uh, these kids, they're they're gonna be my brothers for the long for the long run. So these are guys I'm gonna invite to my wedding, you know, yeah. but like family right now. I love these guys. Very cool. One last question for for you guys. And I know it's a one week at a time game, but you do have, you know, three new teams on your schedule this year with all the new teams coming in UTSA. They were really good last year. You got North Texas UAB. I'm assuming, I know the focus is probably about it's stacking days one day at a time, probably not looking much past Akron. And especially once you guys get into the install with that, but is there the part of you as a player that's kind of curious and you look ahead and say like, okay, well, I'm going to want to check out what UTSA is about North Texas and UAB. Because you have, you know, Cincy and those teams leaving. Are you curious about those teams? Do you ever find yourself looking ahead or just like Googling their rosters and looking at what they're about? Or do you really just stay disciplined on like, I am not looking past Akron? Um, it's not that I'm not looking past Akron. Like I, I'm definitely game plan for Akron right now. Um, we, we started already looking at Akron a little bit. Um, but like, sometimes you'll just go like search up a game, UTSA versus somebody and just watch, mm-hmm. just watch the game and see, see what they have. But definitely our main focus is Akron. Most definitely. And just to elaborate on that. I mean, I never really, it was an intentional. I remember when UCF, uh, UTSA played Memphis last year mm-hmm. and we were watching the Memphis film. So, you know, just get a, that you know, we got a pretty good glimpse of what they got going on over there in that, as an organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, well, I, that's what I took from it because when I watch film, I look at both teams, you know, and then I obviously pick out the weak points of my opponent. But, um, you know, so that was pretty much it. But as far as that, we just pay attention to acting one week at a time. We're pretty much disciplined on that. Those trading philosophies elaborated that. So that's pretty much what we stuck on. Thanks for spending some time with us, guys. We appreciate it. I know you guys are busy. We'll let you go. Uh, we'll certainly see you around and cover uh, preseason camp. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Amir, what, what did you think? It was a very, it was very good, first off. I think both of them gave a lot of information that you wouldn't have known otherwise for Yavandi in particular. His story about how 
what do you say, eight years ago, he couldn't catch a football. Yeah, the football hit him in the face. <laughs> yeah. Now he's the second leading tackler at a Division One program. It's he's he's come a long way. Yeah, and then again, we we asked Ramir, you asked him about, you know, they're going to get asked a lot. Who are the other single digit guys? Who are guys that are worthy of single digits? And so, because right now it's it's Jalen McMurray, Jordan McGee. Be interesting to see, you know if, if EJ gets it, would he would he give up his number thirteen that his father wore? But yeah, a lot of cool stuff there about about EJ, what he's like off the field, what their relationship was like off the field. Those guys, his roommates with Rigby and and uh, and McGee and Ed Sadie. We're gonna try to get Ed today we'll talk to him next week at football media day and you know the competition that he's going to face in the backfield with Jaquez Smith, Kyle Williams and EJ Will- Wilson coming into the fold but yeah some great stuff from those guys and again we're going to have a lot more coverage ahead for you guys as i mentioned Temple's first preseason camp practices next Wednesday uh in terms of what you all can expect with our coverage uh, the team's media day is next Tuesday and we'll talk to Stan Drayton and then six players doing press conferences in person down at Edberg Olson Hall. And then on Thursday, we'll talk to the coordinators on Zoom following practice. So that means we get to hear from Danny Langsdorf, the offensive coordinator, and Everett Withers, the defensive coordinator. You heard those guys talking in the interview about Everett Withers and you know what it meant to have that stability there with him coming back into the fold when, when DJ Elliott left, go to the Eagles. So uh, we've got some basketball recruiting updates and coverage for you guys. Again, if you're an alscoop.com subscriber, uh, you've had the chance, or if you haven't, I would strongly recommend reading Declan's story on Keyshawn Tillery. Al Scoop subscribers can check that out. Is uh, a point guard from New Hampshire, one of several players Temple is recruiting and offered in the 2025 class. He's from New Hampton School, plays for the City Rocks AAU program up in New York. Um, and then, of course, uh, last week, really starting to like check guys off the list, local guys, 2025 class players. Max talked to Kai Shinholster, who's a Penn Charter. And then, Mary, you talked to Cam Wallace at West Town. Again, two more Temple recruiting targets. I would encourage everybody to check out those stories. I think we've been saying for a while now, you know, we'll see. You know, I think I think they're going to be a little bit more portal heavy in 2024 and a little, you know, hitting high school is a little bit harder in 2025. And we'll have some more stuff ahead for you guys as well. So definitely check out those stories. If you missed them, if you're following along the basketball tournament, the TBT, if you're following the Broad Street Birds and the big five teams, both of them, unfortunately, bowed out in the first round. Khalif Wyatt's big five TBT team really had uh, the defending champs, Blue Collar U, had them on the ropes Monday. They were hit by 13 at one point and then by 10 when the Elam ending was set, but they lost 78 to 77. That was the largest Elam ending comeback uh, the TBT has seen. And then the Broad Street Birds lost the Beale Street Boys. That was, uh, of course, a team made up of mostly Memphis alums. They lost 73 to 67. Jason Thompson, we've been telling you, former NBA big man, South Jersey guy, uh, couldn't play in that game due to an eye injury. And I think that really hurt them in the paint. Quentin Rose, former Temple guard or wing, had 21 points in that game. So uh, one and done for the TBT teams with Temple ties. We'll, we'll close this out. There was, we have one more mailbag question here for us as a staff and the mailbag here. It's from the screen name Rockland Al to the Al Scoop staff. What are your thoughts regarding Temple's decision to focus on scheduling competitive programs in future years as demonstrated by the announcement of the Utah State Series instead of scheduling FCS teams? I think it just comes down to their budget, really. I mean, I'm just getting the sense from people I've talked to that 
as of now, buy games aren't really going to be a thing. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Yes, you know, Stan Drayton and the players and the administration here are probably going to say, yeah, we want to schedule competitive programs. And look, I mean, Utah State has definitely been pretty good over the last few years. I think when when that was first announced and the story broke, people thought, okay, maybe that's kind of an odd fit. But yeah, I don't think you're going to see over the next few years really like too many buy games. I don't know if uh, Arthur Johnson will come out and say that, if Stan Drayton will come out and say it, but I think it has just as much to do with their budget as much as anything else. Ramir, I'm going to miss the first week of preseason camp. I'm going to be on vacation next week, but first week of, of preseason camp, you know the game, you know this program. Talked last week uh, about, I think, a, a newcomer on each side of the ball that we're looking forward to. Beyond like the obvious stuff, give me something that you're curious about next week. We heard Jordan and and Vandy talk about some of the guys that they're excited about seeing, some of the redshirt freshmen stuff. But is there a guy that you're looking forward to talking to or, or hearing about more, a guy like that could be an impact player on either side of the ball? Off the top of my head, Taiwan Francis. Mm-hmm. Because he was everywhere in the spring game, whether it mm-hmm. was zone coverage, man coverage, getting to getting downhill and tackling ball carriers. He was everywhere. And mm-hmm. I want to see more of that. Specifically because I don't I don't think last year they had a tone setter on the mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. And just based off of that one little preseason game, I guess you could call it, because I've yeah. been playing to a preseason game before. Based off of that, he seems like a tone setter. And mm-hmm. they need that this year. Like nothing against, you know, Jordan or late Leighton Jordan or Jordan McGee, those guys, but I don't think they had a guy who was going to come down, hit you in the mouth. So you're and, talking about like a tone setter in terms of like a guy that really was physical out of the secondary. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they talked about, again, obviously if you're, if you're a Temple football fan and you know a lot about this program, you know about him, one of two Colorado state transfers, but yeah. And they, and their voices kind of picked up, you know, Vandy and, and, uh, and Jordan, when we were asking them, or you asked them that question, they weren't, you know, they didn't go too long without mentioning his name. So like I said, we're going to have a lot more coverage coming your way in the next several weeks leading up to the season opener. But again, preseason camp kicks off next week. Again, we'll have uh, coverage from media day and talking to the coordinators, Danny Langsdorf and Everett Withers next week. And we'll go from there. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Appreciate you listening to another episode. Again, a happy belated birthday to Ramir Vaughn, 23 years old, whole life ahead of you. Yeah. How's it feel to be 23? It don't, feel different? Different. it don't feel no different. It's just yeah. another number on the. Are you glad that I'm ending this podcast with like a real cliche question? How does it feel to be 23? It's like, <laughs> Thanks, John. Really exciting stuff there, buddy. Hey, you got to ask the obvious questions. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.